Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I am Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Terminator Genesis. According to Google Movies, when John Connor, leader of the human resistance against Skynet, sends Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect his mother Sarah from a Terminator assassin, an unexpected turn of events creates an altered timeline. Instead of a scared waitress, Sarah is a skilled fighter and has a Terminator guardian by her side. Faced with an unlikely allies and dangerous new enemies, Reese sets out on an unexpected new mission, Reset the Future. It's streaming on FX now, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 27, and the audience <laughs> gives it a 53. Wow. People do not like this movie. 27. No. That would I be knew. the lowest rating. <laughs> I knew people didn't like this movie before I even saw it, so I was kind of scared. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know, but I always assume when you're watching any kind of a movie series that goes on for as long as this one has, that the closer you get towards the end, the less you should be expecting from it. So I'm really not surprised at it. Yeah, and honestly, with a rating like that, I wouldn't have bothered at all. But when I don't complete a series, I get terrible headaches. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are completing the series slowly, but surely. Um I really want to talk about immediately because it was already in the, the like synopsis. Um, Sarah Connor being a badass rather than just like a waitress who doesn't know what the hell is going on. I really like that that's how they set it up. But I'm already going to say that I don't think they cast the right person for me to believe that she was a badass because she's freaking adorable. I'm, I'm not even trying to insult her. She, The actress is beautiful and all, but she just looks so cute. And you're like, badass? Okay, sure. all right, I'm going to let you prove it to me. <laughs> now, I think if they had put her in the costume of Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, with the wife beater tank top and the sunglasses and the hat, she yeah. would have pulled off that look. But I'll say this entire casting is a little odd. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether I blame the cast or casting or the writing for it, though, because the cast did a great job being the characters that they were written as. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was cast wrong. I think it was written wrong. I don't think these people are John Connor and Kyle Reese and Sarah mm -hmm. Connor. I yeah. think just three random young, cute action heroes. Well, two random young, cute action heroes and Chandler Bing in the future. <laughs> but yeah, I see it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Terminator movie. It feels like an, a completely different sci-fi movie with a kind of derivative Terminator-esque premise. But yeah. these people are not Kyle and Sarah and John. I don't know who the fuck they are, but they're copies. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I know that it's always like, oh, things change. Time travel still confuses the shit out of me. Five movies in, I still don't get it. But um, with all that said, like, I know that there's like different things happen that cause these people to grow up in different ways and whatever. So like certain things are going to change about them. But if they're still supposed to be the same characters, we just saw Kyle Reese being a baby child who was like really skinny and tiny in one of the previous movies. And then now he's this big buff badass. And I'm like, how did that happen to you though? <laughs> like what happened? How did you get that buff? That well, doesn't really make sense for me. It's actually confusing because in some ways they're trying to sell this as being a continuation of the previous timeline. 
Mm-hmm. Like John still has the same scars on his face that he did at the end of four. Right. So they're trying to kind of tie four in, but they completely change how he met Kyle mm-hmm. and when he met Kyle. So it's not the same time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like they couldn't make up their mind. The same thing happened between Terminators two and three when, uh, the Terminator was acting like he was still Uncle Bob when he wasn't supposed to be Uncle Bob. Right. Now there's not, they don't seem to be sure when they're writing the film if it's a new timeline or whether it's a continuation of the previous timeline. And this is before all the wibbly wombly timey wimey stuff. So. <laughs> well, you know, that makes me feel a little better at least because. Clearly, even the writers are confused by time travel. It's not just me. And also, because of their confusion, maybe that's why I'm as confused as I am. I'm trying to make up excuses. Let me have it. <laughs> mm. um, I like the future setup, by the way, of the movie. The, like... They give us so much information right at the start, I think, that it could be a standalone film, kind of like what you were just saying, where it seems like it's some similar to Terminator type um, action film, but it's not a continuation of Terminator. I think maybe if they had gone with that rather than this is Terminator 5, um, it maybe would have gotten more like higher ratings, possibly, because it does stand. I think they give you enough information and history to like stand on its own and be its own movie. I didn't need it to be a continuation. I don't care that it was because I'm not that invested in the Terminator movies, but I feel like when it is a series that you're, you've grown up on and you love so much, then they make, you know, a fifth one or whatever. You're like, no, but you did it wrong. You know what I mean? And so the ratings start to drop because of that. And I will say at the very beginning, I think they did a great job setting up the relationships between Kyle and John. Mm-hmm. because Kyle loves John so much and sees him as like a close friend and almost like a father figure, which, you know. Weird. <laughs> yes. But John has that sort of disconnect from him because he knows that he's going to have to send him back in time to die, basically. Yeah. And both of those actors play it really well where you can feel that deep connection between them but also that point where john is holding back Mm -hmm. and they don't need a lot of time to do it it's about a five to seven minute intro and i've already got all of the feels to go forward through this movie with that connection yeah same here i I was immediately i mean already because they're john connor and kyle reese you're connected to them not watching the movie because you have known them in the past but even more so with this i feel like because of their connection and their relationship and how much they care about each other i was just like oh no what's gonna happen please don't hurt them please don't hurt the boys (laughs) i think that's what made kyle my favorite that Mm. i felt like his motivations were very clearly laid out and he had the most emotional connection to the plot. Right. And of the main three, he was the best of the casting. Yeah. A little too soft, but... Uh, that's okay. Allowed to, He's allowed to be. Um, he's he, he was almost my favorite, too. 
almost he got beat by very little but i i think that what i really loved about him was that they gave him kind of the sassiness that we saw in young john which is again such a mindfuck for me because it's like john's not actually his dad or anything (laughs) but that um the sassiness when he was young in two in terminator 2 we see in kyle a little bit obviously kyle is much older but that same kind of like little shitness i'm gonna call it (laughs) and i enjoy it very very much and i think that's what they were going for with john here except they kind of missed and he was just like this goofy dad joke sort (laughs) of it it was a weird take on john connor as the leader of the resistance and then he's doing these weird accents and (laughs) these goofy little jokes and it's like i don't I don't think a Terminator film needs as much comedy as this film had overall. Yeah. I don't know why they did it with John. Honestly, if they were trying to go for the like, oh, let's like make it more similar to what he was like when he was a kid. It didn't quite get there. Um, And then it was just awkward. Every time he would make a joke, it was just like, hmm, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, especially once you start to realize what's going on with him, which I don't think we're at that part of the movie just yet. Uh, no, but we're getting there. See, we we have to talk about Alex. Hmm. Okay. AKA the most advanced Terminator we've seen thus far, the T-5000. Mm-hmm. This might be a controversial opinion, but I think Matt Smith was a really good Terminator at the beginning parts of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he was so empty and so calm. But his yeah. movements and his mannerisms gave a real sense of danger. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to agree with you just because I think I love Matt Smith. So anything he would have done, I would have been like, yes, he was amazing. You can't tell me otherwise. But yeah, he played it really, really well. Yeah. Now, eventually, when they make him a digital baby, <laughs> yeah. we're not talking about that. That was real dumb and he couldn't have saved it. But at the beginning... Wonderful. I think it was up with the performance of Robert Patrick in Terminator 2 as to how good he mm. was in the few scenes he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You were, it was a weird, like, it wasn't so threatening that you were just like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. He's huge and he's terrifying. No, it was just, it was scary because of the calm way he, he, he played it, I think. Yeah, very unsettling. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. um the very beginning so when when um kyle is stepping into the time travel machine thingamabobber um and then that's when john gets attacked right yes by alex whatever you want to call him um it is so heartbreaking to watch that because you already are so invested, like you were saying, in the relationship between Kyle and John and to know that, like, what Kyle must be feeling in that moment because he's completely, completely incapable of doing anything to stop what just happened. He has no idea what just happened. And then suddenly he's already gone. And the last thing he saw was that John got attacked. And I yeah, was and it was harsh. Yeah. Now, this CGI of the time travel, Mm -hmm. I think it was worse than the CGI in the time travel of three. And this movie Mm. came out 
over a decade later. I think CGI tends to do that now. Like more I hated more, the time travel you CGI. You would expect it to get better because like technology is is advancing and I'm sure there's movies in which this is not the case but that's like not the point right now but like as technology advances you expect better but I feel like it's becoming too cartoony and you might have said this in the past so if I'm stealing your words I apologize I have said it yeah I thought so when I said it we'll get to Jurassic World eventually yeah (laughs) but yeah it's it it is cartoony and it just kind of takes you out of this very serious moment that's happening and you're like what Well, I think it stops being about let me portray this thing and starts being like, look what I can do, like jacking (laughs) off on themselves. Like, look how incredible I am. I can make this and I can make that. It's like the scene doesn't need that and it makes it look worse. I agree. But he time travels. That's that's the important thing, I guess. We believe that that's what happened. (laughs) Um, And you know what? I do believe it. Oh, I feel like you're going to sing a song at me. Um... I liked the fight scene that happens basically immediately after. I think it was immediately after in the clothing store. Um, with the T-1000. With the T-1000, yeah. Um, and I enjoy anytime they put in like just a regular citizen or, well, he's not even a citizen because he's a cop. I, is he a mall cop? I'm not even sure. He's some sort of a cop. And that man I thought was one of the funnier parts of the movie because he is so like, he has no idea what the hell is going on, but he's like, you know what? I'm a cop. You're just a regular person. I need to protect you no matter what. I don't know what this alien thing is that's attacking us. And Kyle is like, take the cuffs off of me. Like it's a robot that's going to kill us. And he says to take the uh, cuffs off. And he's like, no, you're still under arrest. And he's like, what part of kills humans is confusing to you? And the guy just looks at him like okay you got a point there (laughs) and i thought that that's one of the funniest parts of the movie yeah especially the way he says like no you're under arrest yeah it reminded me of kate in the third one like that's the police you have to stop (laughs) yeah yep i love when they do that though where it's somebody who has no idea what the hell is going on you're never gonna see this character again but he's so funny because he's just like no but i must do my job Now, I think while the CGI of the time travel was horrible, the CGI of the T-1000 was so good Mm -hmm. because they were able to do things with the fluid metal that they just weren't able to do in T-2. And it looked so much better. It did. And I loved the way it looked in T-2, but it was more of a nostalgia thing for me because I remembered so clearly seeing those scenes. Uh, But it's so much better in this, yeah. And I liked that it could use parts to repair other broken models. Mm-hmm. And I liked that it could use its power to essentially forge weapons out of its own metal. Yeah. When it Those cuts its arm really off good. or whatever, it wasn't an arm really anymore, but cuts it off and then uses it as a like sharp metal thing that he throws. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what to call that, but a weapon, yes. <laughs> I wish we had gotten those advancements in three instead of what we got (laughs) because in the review of three we were sitting there going well maybe uh the t1000 was just so powerful that they just couldn't think of anything better Mm. well they thought of something better here Mm, yep and they barely used it yeah (laughs) i think i don't know what the actor's name is but the t1000 um actor does such a good job it's he has that kind of dead expression as well with the dead eyes and I'm not as scared of him, but, like, he still does it really well. 
Oh yeah, he did a fine job. Now, I in, kind of enjoyed the time travel issues in this movie. I think it's a lot of what people didn't like, that it was a retread and also that it was the dual split timelines issue where Kyle could remember the timeline he was originally from and then he could also remember the new timeline that was created when John was attacked. Mm -hmm. I thought that actually had a lot of potential as a theory and it, it was very interesting. Yeah. I was almost waiting for you to say, but. <laughs> um, but they fucked up. <laughs> I don't even, like, I see, that's the thing with me is whenever I'm watching these movies, I'm like, I'm just going to not judge the time travel thing at all because I, I struggle with it so, so much. Um, and I'm going to already talk about my favorite quote because it, it had to be my favorite quote. But Kyle is talking to Sarah about the kind of man John was at some point in the movie. And he says, um, anyway, that's the kind of man your son was, is, will be. Jesus, time travel makes my head hurt. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And you're like in it, dude. So if it makes your head hurt, imagine what the fuck it does to me. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it, it was you didn't get to see all the movies. You did. So you should understand it better. <laughs> well, maybe if the writers understood time travel and didn't fuck it up so bad. Can I just keep blaming the writers? I want to keep doing that. <laughs> oh, the writers did get a lot wrong. <laughs> Um, what they didn't get wrong, I will say, is um, I enjoyed very much that Sarah uh, saves Kyle, kind of. Um, and <laughs> she shows up, they get Kyle into the van, and then Kyle's flipping out at some point about Pops. His name is Pops. I'm just going to go with Pops. Um, and... He tries to or says hello to him to Kyle Pops does and then does his weird fucking smile that comes back again and again throughout the movie and every single time I literally burst into laughter. Then this movie is for you because I hated that. I loved it. It was it was similar to two when he's trying to do the like um, John's like little catchphrase thingies it was similar to that that's what i enjoyed about it where he does like oh i'm trying she's like oh, i'm trying to get him to be more like human i guess or whatever to blend in and then he does that to i'm like that's not gonna ever fucking work that doesn't blend in at all well my problem with it is that it was all similar to two mm. they didn't give sarah her own thing to do they just turned her into boob john connor yeah like, she was the one who was uh, being uh, tracked by the Terminators and trying to be killed mm -hmm. instead of John Connor. She was the one that the Terminator was sent back to protect. She's the one who had to fight to save this or save that. And then she wasn't even the mother of the Resistance anymore. And then she was the one telling him not to kill people. Yeah. So she was just John Connor now. So all of what Sarah Connor was before, Terminator 2 doesn't exist in this universe. So T2 is dead. That Sarah Connor that everyone loved so much is gone. And you're just left with Little Miss Daddy issues. <laughs> She's not self-sufficient. She can't no. do a thing without her robot dad. That's true. That's very true. 
And I wanted so much for her to prove me wrong, like what I was saying about her being an adorable girl. And I'm just like, you're pro, okay, you're, I'm going to wait because you're supposed to be Sarah Connor. Like, you're going to be a badass, right? But then it just never happens, really. Um, I think that one scene is probably the most badass. Everything else where maybe it was supposed to be that way, um, where she was supposed to be like tough or whatever, all of her little arguments and shit with uh, Kyle and just everything that happens like that. I was always just like, you're just, you're just whining right now. That's what I'm hearing. Like either stand up for yourself and just say it and stick with what you're going with or what your gut is telling you to go with or stop complaining because every time she would complain, Kyle would be like, Oh, but remember. And like, he'd get all soft and like, you know, I'm Kyle. Remember? (laughs) And she would just be like, okay, yeah, let's do your plan. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're not, sticking with what you believe you know although when we've seen sarah do that in like two it didn't always work out so well but still um i also really hated the come with me if you want to live thing it was so forced and i didn't like the way she said it either it just was like no if you were going to use that line again at least use it better yeah and it really meant nothing because they had no communication with each other to make that mean something yeah but like she is she's very capable Mm. like she can use weapons she can fight she's tough and strong Mm. but she's very emotional and she is doing the john connor thing of like being upset that the parental figure won't acknowledge her emotions and all she wants is to have a say in her own destiny and just be, instead of just being told what she's supposed to do and following orders. It's like, Hey, don't you remember Terminator two? You were the one (laughs) who was ignoring your kid and (laughs) not letting him have a say in his own destiny and just making him follow orders to save the future. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. And I actually have a really important question here because Okay, so Sarah and Kyle are supposed to meet, fall in love, no matter what happens. They're supposed to meet, fall in love, make a baby, and that baby is going to be John Connor, right? It has to be Sarah and Kyle, right? In theory, I mean, Sarah could have had a one-night stand at some point and just not known about it or not remembered it or realized it. And Kyle could have had nothing to do with it. (laughs) It's not like a DNA test. Well, no, but, like, as far as they all are concerned, they're like, okay, it has to be Sarah and it has to be Kyle, right? Yes. Okay, so if that is the case, I this I can't believe this is the first movie in which I questioned this, and maybe it's because something happened in the other movies that made me not question it and I'm just not remembering, but how come there's such a huge fuss constantly throughout all of the films to protect Sarah Connor because she is going to make John Connor... However, without Kyle, there would be no John Connor because it's supposed to be the two of them that make him. And yet nobody really gives a shit about Kyle. Like, how come he doesn't have his own robot to protect him? They spent the entire fourth movie trying to kill Kyle. So then why don't they care about protecting him better then? Like, wouldn't you think that there would be just as much protection for both of them? Like, or at least that's what I think. Is it just like, well, she's a girl, so we must protect her? Why does it who care? Just anyone. These movies, I guess. I don't know who I'm expecting to care. But, like, I I don't understand how Sarah always has 
with I guess the exception of one Sarah oh no because then in in one she still has somebody it's not a robot but she still has somebody that's sent there to protect her but why isn't there a robot protecting Kyle in the first one Mm. uh Kyle has not yet fathered John technically In the predestination theory, John is already alive before being fathered by Kyle because of the circular nature of time. So at that Mm -hmm. point, nobody knows that Kyle has anything to do with John. In the second one, they are in current times. So still, nobody really has any idea. But even if they did, Kyle's probably not alive yet. (laughs) Or they were in, like, 1995. I think Kyle was barely born, if that. Um, In the third one, Sarah was already dead. And it really had nothing to do with where Kyle was. So we have no idea what they were doing or if there was a robot movie happening over there that we have no idea about. (laughs) And in the fourth one... That's where they're trying to kill Kyle. That's when they find (laughs) out and try to kill Kyle. Right, okay, never mind. See, I knew there was some reason why I had never questioned it until this one. Because then in this one, I was just like, like, I feel like Kyle should have his own protection, but... Well, and ironically enough, this is the one where Kyle doesn't really need his own protection. Because, spoilers... Uh, Alex, the T-5000, infected John Connor with, like, Mm -hmm. woolly willy nanobots. (laughs) So he is now part robot, part human hybrid. And a nutcase. But he no longer has human blood, and therefore he is not born the way that a baby would be born so if they don't fuck he still is oh. yay my brain hurts <laughs> oh god okay um- <laughs> okay human robot hybrids are an interesting idea the mm-hmm. nanobots are real dumb the way they did it's real <laughs> dumb it looks <laughs> awful it's cheesy yeah I um I loved okay so I'm trying to think of like what order to go in so I'm not completely taking this out of order but the so they think as far as they know because um they travel back or he travels back and then he tells um Sarah back forward back um he tells Sarah that um John was attacked and that he just doesn't know what happens like if he's still alive or not um and then when they see John again is in the hospital and I'm bringing this up now because I think this was even though it was such a tiny scene when John shows up the the second that the door swings open and they did it in slow motion which I thought was kind of cheesy but <laughs> he opens the door and Kyle sees him and immediately he just freezes and all he can get out is his name and then they hug and it was just such a powerful scene again because even after they hug John pulls back and like looks over at Sarah and I will get to the line that he says in a second, but you can still see Kyle standing there staring at him. Like, I can't believe you're still alive. And it was so powerful to their friendship again. And It was, and they really needed that because while Sarah and John theoretically have a familial connection, 
Mm-hmm. She has no idea who she is. She has not even had a baby yet. And right. he has no emotions. So right. that that pairing and connection does nothing the entire movie. She has no feelings for him. He has no feelings for her. So right. what really sells the, oh no, my family is in danger from these robots is not Sarah. Mm. It's Kyle. Right. So they yeah. really need him in that role and he sells it very well. He does. And then he, and then John turns around to Sarah and says, hi mom. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. I'm done with you. already." <laughs> Not with him, but with that line. I was like, that's so gross. I can't, I can't with that. He, she's younger than you are. I'm confused and it hurts and I'm over it. <laughs> Well, what was great about them using John is that he did have all of the memories and he knew exactly how to hit them right where it hurt. But because she didn't have a connection with him, there really wasn't a moment like that. And Kyle took all of it. Yeah. Uh, They did the emotions well between them. And then they did some of the other emotions, I thought at least oddly, but we'll get to that later on (laughs) um the music and the sound effects in this movie were probably my absolute favorite part of the entire movie um specifically in the tunnel scene where you know they're with all the fighting and then is it gasoline that i don't know what they shoot at that pours down over the terminator and like melts it or is it i'm trying to remember now if that was john no that was that wasn't John. But anyway, with, no. I don't remember what they shoot at in the ceiling that like, or Sarah shoots at specifically. And then it like pours down. It's liquid. And I don't know. I if think it was... it's hydrochloric acid. Okay. That's what it was. Cause I was like, gasoline doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so in that scene, the sound effects and the, the music just were so well done and it was so creepy. I thought at least, and they do this throughout, I think, pretty much all of the films where they give me at least one scene that makes me go, oh, wow, this is actually kind of terrifying. And I feel like if I watched it as a kid, that scene would make me like want to cover my eyes, you know? And then the robot's like half melted and shit and is just trying to come after Sarah because it's not dead yet. And then Pops shows up out of nowhere and grabs it like by the neck area I guess and drags it back into the liquid and I thought that was really cool that whole scene was great it was and it really set up the way that Sarah and Pops had their dynamic but also that she really didn't have any interest in keeping Kyle alive (laughs) yeah well she didn't want to be forced into fucking somebody I can't really blame her No. (laughs) And that has been a problem with the Terminator model. He just shows up and instead of letting people's romance kind of bloom and blossom on its own, he says you have to mate with him. And it's like, what? No, no. And it gets real awkward. Yeah. (laughs) It does. And I... Oh, I think just love in general. Like, love stories, Terminator movies cannot get right. Yeah. I mean, they do it okay when it's, like, just desperation to survive. Yeah. But I said in the first Terminator review that I liked that their relationship drama was not well explored because it let the movie just be an action movie. Mm -hmm. 
this one dives real deep into their romance and there are just scenes upon scenes of them talking yeah. and emotioning and him trying to get Pops' approval. <laughs> and I hate it. Yep. I hate it so much. Yep. I agree. Uh, there's also, I think this was supposed to be part of, and maybe this one wasn't supposed to be like, I'm falling in love with you so much as I want to have sex with you because you have tits and they're nice and can't blame him, you know? Um, but when they're changing and there's like the, I think it's lockers between them or a wall or whatever it is. And he's, and they're like talking, but he's like watching her shadow on the wall as she changes. And then they do it in a way where she kind of turns so you can see the curve of breast. And I'm just like, ugh, this is disgusting. Stop watching her change even if you're not actually like seeing her it still was such a strange thing to throw in there that was completely unnecessary especially because in the scene they're sitting there like oh you're potentially dead son you want me yeah. to tell you about him <laughs> yep. sure let's tell you about your son while i stare at your tits <laughs> our son so you know i'm staring at your tits because i want to make a baby with you no i'm kidding i don't even know <laughs> yeah uh, and then he finds out that he's going to die eventually. And I think that was the one part with Sarah um, of Sarah that I like mostly agreed with where he, she says something about like, you die. Like that's what happens. How do you want me to like start that conversation or whatever? And I'm like, true. Like that's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Yeah. And I mean, it's a fair point to say, I didn't tell you for two days, John didn't tell you for how long? Yeah. That's true. Damn it, John. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, if John had been just a little more transparent, then evil John wouldn't have had as much to use. <laughs> well, hopefully he learns from his lesson because there is a Terminator 6, so. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I'll spoiler this, Terminator Genesis was supposed to be a trilogy because nobody can just make one movie. Everybody oh, thinks God. they're Star Wars. And wait. even Star Wars thinks they're Star Wars now. But... So wait, there's going to be a seventh one. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm oh. telling you that this movie did so poorly that people <laughs> were just like, we're not giving you any more fucking money. Stop it. <laughs> oh, good. I don't think I could handle another Terminator movie. Um... Well, after the sixth one. Um, when they find out, by the way, that John is like half robot or whatever, um, and does he get shot? I think so. I think Pops shoots him. And then yes. he like falls over. And then the like weird way he gets back up was so good. And then his dry little, that hurt, is just great. I love that so much. I think he played the role really, really well and sold those like, I'm not a real human. Well, I'm not full human, I guess. Seems well. Well, that's what I was saying, though. I don't think any of the main three played their roles poorly. I just think they were written as completely different characters yeah. than who they were supposed to be. I agree. But these three people are not at fault for that. and They did great with what they were given. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. No. Now, I loved Officer O'Brien. Mm. Mm-hmm. he was the king of the one-liners <laughs> he was great I see these are the characters that I'm talking about the ones that are like kind of don't know what the hell is going on but they're kind of stuck in the middle of everything they're wonderful in all of the movies they're wonderful 
he kind of played the Dr. Silberman role in this film of the guy who kind of believed in the robots, but kind of didn't. But this one really, really does. Yeah. And he just spends the entire movie chasing them around, trying to help them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he shows up to Sarah to, like, let her out of the, like, interrogation room or whatever it is. And he's like, I know it's a really long story and it's probably really complicated. And she says something like, we're we're trying to stop the end of the world or something. And he's like, I could go with that. (laughs) Like, okay, that's all you needed. Cool. (laughs) Well, before that even happened, he already believed that they were, and I quote, goddamn (laughs) time-traveling robots. (laughs) Yep. So... (laughs) <laughs> what could she say that he wasn't gonna buy at that's, that point that's a good point yeah i mean those three pops kyle and sarah can go on the run mm-hmm. but officer o'brien if he survived that gunshot his mm-hmm. life's over mm-hmm. he let people like terrorists out of lockdown Somebody yeah. knows he did that they're gonna blame that on him they're gonna blame all the cops that the terminator shot on him yeah He'd better die or he's gone. Yeah. They'll disappear him. Better quick death. Hopefully quick. I don't I don't know how long that would take, but yeah. <laughs> um and them being caught and taken in um on the bridge. Um I thought the bridge I was conf- okay, I had confused feelings about the bridge scene with the bus hanging off of it. Because they did this kind of thing a lot throughout the film where it was just like, I think this one's later, but like the unrealistic way things happen. Like when they get hit, Sarah and Kyle get hit by a car on the freeway. So that car is going about at least 65 to 70 miles per hour and it hits them and they're not robots. They're just fucking humans and it hits them and they're just fine. They have a couple of cuts, you know, and there's like the helicopters that are flying around really and i don't know much about helicopters but it looks really really impossible for them to be flying that way and um so this bus hanging off of the bridge thing was um i liked it i liked the way it looked i liked the fight in it i liked the sounds in it and the music and all that kind of stuff especially when uh kyle and i feel like i like totally went off track again with with the order of the movie but there were so many like good visual scenes i think um when kyle hits john in the face with the what is that thing that they have the little like magnet yeah it's like a magnet bracelet um but yeah he hits him in the face with it and the music and the sound effects slow down and i thought that was really really great the, like it just looked awesome it sounded awesome i think i liked the like weird robot things now, think, uh, the things you were saying you didn't like. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say the exact opposite thing as you. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I don't give a shit about realistic car fight scenes. I yeah. like Fast and Furious. All of them, <laughs> even the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. Now, I did not think there was enough action in the bus scene. Mm, yeah. I don't care if it's realistic. It's a movie about time-traveling robots from the future <laughs> that poison demands blood. With robot. Yeah. What's not realistic about that? I'm confused. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I get what you mean, though. <laughs> my disbelief is suspended. I want more. Yeah. There wasn't enough action, you're right, throughout the whole film, but especially in that bus scene. But I just liked the way they, like... I think I just really liked the, the visuals of it. That's it. It wasn't about the action for me. It was just like, this looks cool. <laughs> yeah. But then they get caught and then the bad boys theme song plays. And I thought it was so <laughs> good that they used that. It made me laugh, but it also really worked, especially when they're getting their mugshots taken. And then Kyle is just done with everybody's shit. And he looks like he's looking around like, okay, how do I fucking kill everyone here? So we can escape. I'm done. I'm already done. We just got here, but I'm done already. <laughs> like we got more important shit to do right now. And then yeah. Pop smiles to get his picture taken. And I know you hate it, but it's so good. <laughs> no, use there. I actually thought it was funny. Okay, good. <laughs> I I mean, the Bad Boys theme song, I also laughed, but it was a dated reference for a 2018 set movie. It's never dated. <laughs> My least favorite part of the movie happens, and I think probably yours too when they were arrested they bring in kyle's family because they ran his prints and found out that he's kyle reese and they said we don't know who that guy is and a few reviews ago you specifically said you were glad that sarah never met baby kyle and had a moment with him i know and they did it why would they do it it's gross. It's so gross. <laughs> that whole thing, I literally wrote down a note about that whole, like, touching the hand and the straight line. And I'm like, no, stop it. This is horrible. I hate every second of it. You guys all need, you just stop. But well, it, Especially because adult Kyle used it to flirt with Sarah and have, like, a sensual yes. moment with her <laughs> earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then now she's teaching it to the baby. Yep. Oh, and there's so many other things I have to talk about with that family, but specifically in that scene when they're like, oh, we don't recognize him or whatever. And the mom says, oh, she look- he looks kind of familiar. And the kid, baby Kyle, says, he kind of looks like you, dad. And then you look at the dad and you're like, what? Why do they cast the dad so horribly? Like, no, he doesn't look anything like him. <laughs> They didn't even need to cast the dad so horribly. All they needed to do was, like, slink back Jai Courtney's hair and put him in a sweater vest and glasses. It was so bad. I'm like, no, what? This was... Or they could have just not said that line. It was clear who he was. Like, we knew because they say his name and everything. We got it. We get who this kid is supposed to be and that that's his parents. But you didn't have to take it that far it's like they wanted to make sure everybody understood that this was kyle reese and his parents yeah and i didn't really have a problem with kyle speaking to baby kyle at the end and doing the genesis skynet thing no because i thought that the dual memory of him talking to himself Mm. was a good scene i thought it really like brought something to it yeah But Sarah teaching baby Kyle how to flirt with her so adult Kyle could flirt with her in the future. Yeah. Past future. (laughs) I don't, I did not like. Yeah, I didn't like it either. It was gross and it's exactly what I didn't want to happen. Um, But really quickly, I have to say this, I have to get this out. Kyle's parents are horrible parents. Multiple times throughout the few scenes that we see them in, they're just being terrible parents. They're sitting in that room. 
Kyle gets up, walks away from them, opens the door while there's clearly like some dangerous shit happening. And the mom just sits there and goes, Kyle. And I'm like, get the fuck up. That's your kid. He's about to die. A. B. They are running down the stairs with Sarah when they're following her out to escape. And literally, they are running so far ahead of him. I'm like, this is your child. He is a baby. You, like, hold his hand at the very least. You know what I mean? Or put him between you two or put him in front of you so you can see him. Something. You know? Like, there were three three adults and one child. And they were not taking care of him at all. He, like, falls behind and shit. And then at the end, the, the whole scene with Kyle talking to him, I didn't have a problem with that happening. I just was like, why are these random strangers allowed to just talk to this kid? They don't know who the fuck these people are. All they knew was that Sarah helped them escape, but that doesn't mean they know who the hell she is to allow her, that, any of them there. I mean, not that we see them allowing it, so maybe they didn't know, but that's not any better parenting. <laughs> Technically, that's not all they know. They know they were called to the police station to identify someone who was committing a crime and pretending to be their son. Right. So it's totally fine. Yeah, please come and talk to my child. <laughs> that was one of my least favorite things about the movie. However, there was something else I hated and I'm going to talk about that now because we talked about emotions and how, uh, well, okay. So I'll talk about two things. So the, the John Kyle relationship thing was really, really well done. And there, that scene where, um, he, John is like attached to the magnet thing, but he's like being pulled by it and moving forward towards Kyle. And he says like, you need to understand or whatever, something like that to Kyle. And Kyle has to, like not believe him obviously and then turns the magnet thing higher and his little like he's such a sad puppy because he does not want to hurt john and then he has to and he has to look him in the eye while doing it and his little sorry john thing broke me i was like no baby (laughs) yeah he sold the emotion really well consistently he did opposite to that the emotions from pops as much as i enjoyed the little smiles and the like his little things were great um like his like he he said it multiple times when he says i'm old not obsolete i've said that so many times since this movie um i liked that i liked that we we were supposed to believe that there was maybe some emotion from him to sarah but then it was never really like here's him showing emotion you know what i mean it was just him protecting her which is what his whole purpose was Except at the end where he looks at Kyle and says, protect my Sarah. And I was like, you could have just said protect Sarah. And I wouldn't have hated it as much. But it was supposed to be robot pops having feelings. And I didn't like it. I don't like it when they try and make the robots have feelings ever. I would have even appreciated uh, protecting Sarah has been my mission. I can't self-destruct unless you promise to protect her. Right. Yeah, that would have been fine. That's what I'm saying is like, if it's your job, that's one thing. But saying my Sarah takes it from I'm here to protect her to I love her and I care about her. Yeah, and I don't like that from any of the robots. I didn't like I enjoyed that in T2, it was made very clear that the reason that Uncle Bobby was (laughs) essentially having them terminate him was that he was never going to be able to love John, 
even if he stayed, no matter how long he stayed, he was never going to be able to feel emotions. Right. And they just pissed on it. Yep. Yeah, because now he clearly has emotions for Sarah. Maybe when they gave Sarah tits, everybody was able to have emotions for her. (laughs) Well, we do know that he had a penis in the first one, so... (laughs) Oh, Maybe a- he's John Connor's father. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, now I want to rewatch all of the movies with that theory in mind. That would be hilarious. Yeah, oh, no, this this is your uncle. <laughs> yep, uncle. Yep, I've never once had sex with him. Um- <laughs> okay. Um, I think we need to talk about Cyberdyne. Okay. I liked that they did a callback of Miles and Danny Dyson rather than having them be all new people. It was a clever tie-in to the previous movies. And I enjoy that I had to have it explained to me who they were by you. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to I'm going to fully oh, own up to my dumb and how much you have carried me through this series because <laughs> I totally forgot who the fuck they were. Like I didn't remember those names and I didn't catch it. But yeah, that was really really great. Well, they weren't as important to this movie as uh Miles or and even Danny were to Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that John had his way in and that it was through them. And that yeah. you know in this alternate reality where Sarah is a different kind of terrorist, that man got to survive and raise his child. <laughs> and then they kind of became friendly, right? John and Danny. They did. They had that one scene together where he said, what do we want? And he said, time travel. He said, when do we want it? I didn't write it down. It was a good quote. I should have written it down. When do we want it? That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. That's what I was trying to remember what his response was because that was. It was cute. so cute. It yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> it's a little less cute when you remember that John has no emotions toward this whatsoever and is just using him for access <laughs> to the uh, Genesis system so he can set up Skynet and probably kill him and everyone else. But see, I'm I'm good at pretending like that kind of shit isn't real. No, he totally had feelings. They were friends. They loved each other. They took care of each other. The end. Moving on. <laughs> this movie did end. In a similar way to Terminator 2, though, at least ish, and of them going to the Cyberdyne building with the intention of blowing it up. Right. And the dumbest thing in the movie happens in that building. Ooh, okay. Baby Skynet. Oh. The computer program <laughs> came out and approached them as a young child. Mm hmm. And insisted that you're trying to kill me. I'm just a baby. You can't (laughs) stop me from growing up. And then every time they got closer into the building and ignored it and showed aggression toward it, it would speed up the counter, which would make the AI apparition age from a like six-year-old-ish child. I don't know children. Um... (laughs) Into Alex the T-5000, but not actual Alex, just the AI projection hologram of Alex. Yeah. 
I don't know who thought of that, but don't hire them to write anything ever again. Like, whoever thought of that specific idea yeah. has to prove themselves in the indies again before they write any more movies. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, what was that supposed to do? Like, was that supposed to scare anybody or feel like it was something that could actually get in their way? Really? Like, that, it, it was weird. I didn't get it. I was just confused by it. And I was just like, okay, at this point in the movie, I'm just going to go with whatever they throw at my face. Okay, this is happening. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be the it really made you think, ooh, scene. Where it's just like, <laughs> see, it only changes when they are aggressive toward it. So mm. really, it's their fault because they're being aggressive and it's not doing anything mm. yet. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't really fly since, you know, John Connor is its representative and he comes out of the AI and starts trying to murder them again. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like how this movie had to end. But I know it had to end that way. Um, but there was that moment of when, okay, I'm going to let you do the scene because I feel like it's more techie than me. But when um, they put him in the time travel thingy and what happens? It's not a time travel device, necessarily. They said that it would basically break the atoms of that robot. And would kill him, basically. It wouldn't send him in time, it would just kill him. So John Connor would be killed as we know him. So Pops and John get thrown into this device and Pops, you know, throws himself in so he can keep John in there long enough to destroy him. Right. And Kyle and Sarah escape. Mm-hmm. And lock themselves in a room and have a romantic moment. And then <laughs> Pops bursts in. Except Pops now has T-1000 abilities. Which isn't how robots work. <laughs> Just getting put into another substance doesn't change your chassis or what kind of robot you are. So here's my theory. Okay, Pops is dead. That's John Connor. Oh, nice. Because we've seen him shift uh, yeah. visage often. He can look like whatever he wants to look like. He's Pops now. Except he's John Connor. I honestly think that's what they were going for if they'd gotten a second movie. Ooh, now I want them to make a second movie. I still don't. Let that <laughs> a horrible writer write, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't actually like want a full two hour long movie but I want to know what would happen if you're right and that was John yeah, do a five minute interview and say this was our plan for the next three yeah, movies maybe it exists we might we might have to or we being I might have to search for that <laughs> the original plan for the end of four was kind of incredible what's the original I know we're on five but what's the original plan for four or what was uh. Or, or is that a is that a separate conversation not relevant to T five? <laughs> we'll do it at the end. Okay. Okay. Of okay. Uh, six when we're doing our final wrap up. I like it. Okay. Give me something to look forward to. Damn it. Um. 
but yeah, so... Oh, you're not looking forward to six? With the way that these movies have been going, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's okay. not fair. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, however, I am going to say I hate... This is a horrible thing to say. I hate that at the end, Kyle had to lose the person he loved and then Sarah was fine because Pops was still alive as far as they know it was Pops anyway. Um, <laughs> but like... Good for you for having your happy moment, but freaking Kyle had to go through so much shit, consistent, like constantly losing John. He thought he lost him when he time traveled. He didn't know what happened. As far as he knew, he might have been dead, could have been dead, probably was dead. And then he shows up and then he finds out that he's got like robot in him. And then it's just like constantly having to be like, no, you're evil. I don't want to join you. I must do everything I can to like kill you now multiple times or at least stop you and hurt you in some way. And then he dies at the end instead of like somehow getting healed or something. You know what I mean? Like it was, I wanted him to have his happy ending. And if you try to tell me that his happy ending happened anyway, because they went and they visited baby Kyle and he talked to him and then Sarah said, you're right. I get to choose. And then they made out and then, pops interrupted and it was like oh aren't we a cute little family no that was not his happy ending damn it no i would have preferred john to have fought back himself and thrown himself into the machine Hmm. maybe not been able to fight back the entire time but you see glimmers of it where he's just stalling for a second and the robot takes back over. And then at the very end, when the robot thinks it's one, he just throws himself into the machine. Ooh. I like that. that okay, seriously, every time we do an episode, I'm like, you should have written this movie. <laughs> Especially with the Terminators. It feels like every time I rewrite the movie, there's less emphasis on Arnold Schwarzenegger saving the day <laughs> yeah. and more emphasis on you know the human characters that we know and love saving ourselves themselves and yeah. their loved ones yeah and I feel like they rely on Arnold in whatever form he is pops or uncle bob or whatever mm-hmm. to be the hero mm-hmm. and really in a terminator film the hero should be the human right and it would I think it would add on to the emotional levels of all of these humans. You know what I mean? Like it would have even helped bring some sort of a connection between Sarah and John. If at the end there was that moment where maybe he made eye contact with her, like they didn't even have to say anything. And then he. Yeah. With the soft eyes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, damn it. I should help you. And we should write these movies over again. Let's do it. (laughs) And also, if we do, we will not have the cheesy ass awful voiceovers at the end of the movie. Because they did this in I think it was two, right? When Sarah was in two? Mm -hmm. Or is it in one? Oh, they have it in both. Oh, God. See, it makes it even worse. But I don't want to hear your stupid voiceovers. It's cheesy. I don't need it. It could have ended with them just driving off. But then in this one, Kyle has to talk. And then he says, now one road has become many. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> well, one movie didn't become many. So. <laughs> because they ended it with that stupid line. I don't even know if that was the very last line of the movie, but close to it. Well, we're at the very end of the movie, and now we have to go back to the very beginning of the movie because I didn't do my favorite quote yet. 
I also haven't talked about my favorite character, so go ahead. You do call it all the character. They're doing setup as to Kyle going back in time and what Sarah's going to be like when he gets there. And Sean says, she's a waitress. And then Kyle just looks very confused. Like, what? <laughs> and not only is that very subtly funny, but it's also a good setup as to what his life has been like right before we're about to see the two split timelines of his life. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I also enjoyed the way that, like, you see a moment where John wants to explain it to him and he goes, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good, th- see, the, the beginning of the movie was really good. Um, <laughs> uh, I almost, I think I said this already, but I did almost choose Kyle because I thought he was, in in so many ways, like, he was so good because he was, he was soft, which I think he needed to be. Um, and he was a badass and he was a sassy little shit. And I enjoyed all of those things about him. There's that one scene and he's not even my favorite character, but I have to say this, but there's that scene where they're being, I think it's when they're, yeah, when they're being interrogated and the cop goes, what's this for? Or what is this? And then the like chair gets pulled up by that magnet thing. And he looks at it and goes, I use them to find my keys or I use it to find my keys. And I'm like, wonderful yeah. uh, so he was wonderful and I'm now talking about it I'm like I guess maybe he was my favorite character but I think I've chosen him in the past possibly multiple times as my favorite character so I went with Pops instead because I did really enjoy Pops in this I thought he was funny I thought he was adorable I liked seeing like old Arnold getting to be old terminator whatever you know what i mean like it was fun seeing that side of him because i remember thinking about like okay as he aged how the hell are they going to still use him in these movies as a terminator um and i think they did a pretty good job with it i don't think it was like weird like no that doesn't make any sense it it, it made sense it made sense but i think they rely so much on him and the more they have to explain away that he's old so they don't have to CGI to age him, which is expensive. Yeah. The more convoluted the plot gets just to just to focus around him. Yeah, I don't think the movies should be focused around him. I I agree with you. He shouldn't always have to be the one to like save the day or whatever. Uh, but I enjoyed him in this movie. Um, I just... I thought there was a softness to him, which is weird because he's a Terminator, but I enjoyed it. I just didn't need the over emotions that we did get from him. Um, but he also says something along the lines of when he's, he's like looking at weapons from, um, what is his name? Detective, uh, something. Detective O'Brien. Yeah. Um, when he's looking at that and he says, oh, I've read about these on what is it gunsnamo.com or something like that and i thought that was funny that was like the old man sitting and reading a newspaper but in the newer time period because <laughs> yeah. you don't read newspapers anymore you read gunsnamo has a magazine arnold yeah that what works. the hell what kind of an old person are you old robot person okay <laughs> um okay are we at final ratings we are hmm I want to hear yours. Go ahead. I gave it a 73. Ooh, okay. 
I think this movie kind of has Grease 2 syndrome, where I don't think it's bad on its own, but as an addition to a franchise that is so beloved, it kind of flounders. Yeah. And I don't think it had enough human casualties. Like, (laughs) they blew up a lot of bridges, and they blew up a bus, but you didn't see a lot of scared people. So things didn't ever really feel... Like, there were stakes. Yeah. I enjoy that. You're just like, not enough people died, so. (laughs) Thumbs down. Kill more people. (laughs) I'm not surprised at you. Um, I gave it a 65, actually. Um, I I feel like, and it's what you were just saying, I kind of was always waiting for it to start. It didn't ever get to the, like... It had a couple of scenes that made me like, whoa, this is cool. But like overall, I was just like, okay, and now something is going to happen where the like, whether it's John Connor or it's um, what you call it, Skynet or whatever, Alex, um, one of them is going to be really, really terrifying at one point where everybody's going to be scared and you're going to think like, okay, that's it. There's no way they're going to win. But it just never went there and I wanted it to. I, I think from the past Terminator movies, and I feel like especially the first couple of Terminator movies, I'm expecting more of a thriller action film, and this didn't ever go there. And I liked that about him. It's like, when does the action start? Yeah, exactly. When are you going to scare me? (laughs) Scar me for life, damn it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I had a lot that I had problems with throughout the whole film, so I just couldn't give it anything higher. There was a point where I was like, I would watch it again, but I don't think that was enough to make me give it a higher rating. That's already, like, what, four times higher than the critics? (laughs) Three times higher? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see see if we give higher ratings to six or not. We will, because next time we're going to end our bonus series with Terminator Dark Fate from 2019, starring Mackenzie Davis and Natalia Reyes. Names I don't recognize. Um, (laughs) Yeah, guys, come on back for that. Next week, we have our regular scheduled episode. So check that out and check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies, Twitter, Millennials ATM, and my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.